This is the Generation Gap, presented by me, Claudia, and him, Clive. Hello. In this program, we are going to explore differences and similarities of being a teenager now and in past generations. I am a 21st century girl, and Clive is a baby boomer. That is a teenager in the late 60s and early 70s. What are the differences and similarities in the way that we live our lives? We are going to try and find out. This is the Generation Gap Show on 92.6 FM, Radio Verulam. Good evening, St. Albans. Yes, good evening. Me and Clive have been discussing how, when we're younger, we think about what we're going to do, how we're going to live our lives, and then eventually we do have to disappear from the world and maybe leave our mark on the world, but eventually we do disappear, don't we? I'm afraid so. So today we're going to be talking about those people that think that they can live forever. Yep, that's right. They think it's science is improving and medical science is improving so much that we'll be able to live forever. I imagine it won't be everybody. It'll just be a select few, probably the ones who are quite well off. I have to say, I am very happy with disappearing at some point soon. Yes, I think that... Well, it's one of the things we should discuss, really, is about um, the idea of living forever. It's pretty horrific, really, I think. I don't think I'd like to live forever, no. No, exactly. Because there's always somebody younger than you anyway, so, like, why? Uh, my attention was um, drawn to a new recent newspaper article about a um, couple of companies in California, where else, where they think they can defeat ageing in a sort of medical sense. And so, in principle, people could live... not actually forever but they could live for hundreds of years or thousands of years even they reckon now i'm a bit skeptical about that to put it mildly um i clearly uh, medical advances will enable people to live longer and maybe that will go into 100 and 120 130 whatever um and obviously it's not just about living to the great age it's also what you're like at that point if basically you're fit and healthy till you're 120 well that would be great um, but even so, it is rather a long time, and I just wonder how people would really cope with that sort of age. Well, be knowing what I know about antioxidants, I do think I'm a bit of an expert in antioxidants. Um, I think that there are ways that you can prevent ageing in a natural and a dietary kind of way. So I do, I do believe that's true, and I do believe that the, the, you can defeat ageing. However, there is a point where you have to say to yourself why would you want to do that well that's i think that's the point i mean obviously um there's been lots of research in sort of various diets and things like this you hear about the mediterranean diet and how people live to be a hundred in in sort of greek island somewhere in this sort of thing and obviously it's true that we, we are getting a pretty good idea now about what's healthy to eat and what isn't healthy to eat how much exercise you should take and all the rest of it so i think that a lot of people are picking up on messages which will enable them to live perhaps a bit longer but certainly better into old age and that's a good thing i mean i think people these days certainly you know i know people who are in their 80s and you really wouldn't think that because they're still very active and so on and that's just good um but the idea of extending things way beyond that i think is a bit sort of uh, difficult to get your head around um, one of the problems we have in our society is that there's more and more old people and of course fewer younger people to look after them so you youngsters are going to have to work really hard to be able to pay all the bills and costs for people who are getting old and uh, being looked after in their last few years well, 
we, we do have slightly different views because, you know, we're being Polish and I'm very family orientated. So my older people, the people that are older in my family are going to be living with me. Yeah, no, I agree. That's that's certainly common, not just Poland. I mean, many other countries like Italy and so on, yeah. it's, it's a normal thing to do. Um, but yes, in this country, we tend to uh, send old people off to places to uh, spend their last few years. And that's the way things go. Um, but I mean, regardless of that, I think, you know, obviously, if you're getting older, and you've got your children, you've got their children, maybe you've got grandchildren, maybe you've got great grandchildren, that is obviously really nice to know that the sort of generations have gone on. But what about your great, great grandchildren, your great, 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 great grandchildren? I mean, how many times would it go um, for you to sort of really um, be still feel you're part of that family it's so far away from from perhaps you yeah. I, I feel it would be quite difficult to cope with that and at the end of the day you do want your, your own space and your own adventure in life and well, also, your independence also obviously um as you go older things change around you and at some point you stop and look back and say my goodness the world has changed so much i really don't think i can cope with this anymore you just imagine the last i don't know 50 years we've gone from uh, sort of technology things we can do now that we couldn't do before, medical advances, all these things. Um, you know, incrementally as they go along, you get used to them. But you think suddenly, my goodness, what would that be like in another fifty years? You may well know, you probably will, what it's like in fifty years' time because you'll be there. But I won't. I expect I'm not going to be living to one hundred and fifty or whatever. Um, so, um, but would you want to? Well, I don't think. Living. It doesn't make a difference whether you know what. See, this is the this is the problem between living in the moment and planning ahead. It's a bit like you have to live in the moment in order to live your life, but then you can't you can't worry about what's going to happen in fifty years' time because it doesn't make a difference. Well, I, I agree to some extent, but you have to sort of think about it. I suppose occasionally it's very hard to think about it when you're young, um, but at some point, you know, when you're getting a bit older, maybe in your forties, you start thinking, "Oh dear, I've got got to do this, got to do that." And that's time when, it, for example, you're often looking after your elderly parents, and so it sort of comes back to you that you've got to, um, you know, you'll be getting in the same situation at some point, and you'll be relying on your children to look after you, perhaps, and so uh, you have to treat them very well because of that. <laughs> um, I think. There's a little phrase I saw. Someone said, don't forget, you've got to look after your children properly when they're getting older because they're the ones who are going to choose which home you go into. <laughs> yeah. That's um, a bit bit rude. But, I mean, basically, um, you have to think about these things. And I, I think, to me, it seems that if you can extend your life and obviously um, live to an older age in good health, it's great. But yeah, living many years perhaps in very bad health it's not an attractive prospect to think about. Many years in bad health. Yeah, okay, okay. I agree that healthy, you have to do what you can to stay healthy in order not to not to have bad illnesses. Not bad illnesses, but, you know, the illnesses that we, we kind of fear from old age. Yes. However, I don't think necessarily that you need to live forever or live a lot longer than perhaps we think we can well obviously many people now do get to be a hundred and there's quite a few examples of people going on to about 120 i think the oldest woman was a woman in france a few years ago and she was 122 and that seems to me like a pretty long time because um i mean in our society you know you think of things you you, you go to um school you go to university so in your early 20s you start working you work and then you sort of retire when you're 60 65 70 
Uh, it'll be probably after 70 for your age group. But then uh, if you're going to live to 100 or 120, that's another 50 years after you've retired. Can society really support that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, OK. Who wants to live forever? Mm, I don't think I do. We love St Albans. 92.6 FM, Radio Verulam. And here on the Generation Gap, we're talking about living forever or whether we'd want to. Um, this bunch of people in California, they one of the things that they do uh, already is they have an arrangement where people can um, get blood from a younger person on a regular basis. So like once a month, go and have a bit of a transfusion of teenage blood. It sounds a bit like vampires. We just had Halloween. Um, it's all a medical version, obviously, um, having blood when you have an accident or something um, is quite normal. But in this case, they believe that having the, the um, young person's blood um, put into them will regenerate themselves and make them feel better and also regenerate all their cells. I get the sort of medical theory of this, but I'm a bit sceptical it really makes that much difference. It sounds a bit like a bit of a con to me. What do you think? Um, yeah, they, 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 they probably did. Probably did? Yeah. Conju. Oh, you see, yes, okay. So, um, we're just talking about this. I mean, obviously, your blood is made in your body and it's yours and it's your particular type. I don't know. I am I would feel really weird if I had to get somebody else's blood into my body. Like, you, you're not going to accept all kinds of blood anyway. What if what if you have a really bad reaction to the blood that you, you get given? Okay, well, obviously, when you... Um, when you have an accident and perhaps an operation, you need blood, then obviously they do check what your blood type is and they give you the same blood type from somebody else. They don't just chuck any old blood in you. Have you ever seen Dr. House? Have you ever watched House MD? I, I've only seen a couple of them. So I've seen the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I've got the box in the house. Yes. <laughs> and um, there is one episode where there's a little boy who has a lot of... This is really random, but there you go. This is this is my pitch for watching Doctor House. Basically, um, there's this little boy who goes sleepwalking all the time, and he ends up in the front garden in the morning, and the parents are like, "What's going on?" And it's actually because he has his twin brother. His twin brother died mm-hmm. when they were younger, and he but he had his twin brother's um, blood in his arm. And they had to get it out because he could feel other things that he wasn't like he he didn't feel like it was his his arm moving. So all I'm saying is, blood has a, some sort of genetics, some sort of memory, and some sort of way of shaping you. So what if you start doing really weird things because of the blood inside you? I don't like it. I just don't like the idea of someone else's blood inside my body. I'm sorry, I think you're taking a slightly medieval view of blood. I mean, obviously, in, in the old days, curing things was like bleeding you things out know. of it. I mean, it's all good saying, oh, I'm going to... Uh, um, I'm a 30-year-old person who's going to have 18-year-old blood inside me. But you don't actually know what the reper- repercussions are of that. Well, obviously it can go wrong, and obviously sometimes uh, blood donated has been uh, diseased or has been um, spoilt in some ways. And It's like coming up with um, the idea for a new nuclear bomb. Why would you do that? Why? W- what's the purpose of that? It's just you don't know how it's going to you know, affect the future. And like you say, what's the, what's the future going to be like? Like, Do we want a super race, superhuman race? Do we want people to be all perfect? 
Do we want them to be, you know, around forever? Well, this is where you were going into other things we've discussed before, like genetics, where, of course, people start fiddling around with yeah. people's genes to make them perfect, as you say. Um, OK, well, we, I think on blood, I'm not quite so um, sort of cynical yeah. about it as you are, but um, it's obviously as an issue. I don't really think it makes a lot of difference. Uh, to, I don't suspect it makes a lot of difference to people having younger blood. It sounds like a bit of a typical um, sort of con trick to convince people that they should do this and obviously part with some of their money. In your in your article, does it say how much they have to pay for it? Yeah, it said that the people doing it once a month and they pay $8,000 to get... Once a month? ...to get uh, two and a half litres of teenage plasma from their blood is, uh, pumped into them. My lovely people of St Albans, I have a better idea come and see me for antioxidants (laughs) it's gonna cost you a lot less and it's gonna be a lot more fun yeah okay well we won't follow that up because not not allowed to advertise here no dear um email me (laughs) on my private email then (laughs) yeah anyway okay so um that's one of the things now the other sorts of things people talking about for extending life obviously does involve gene therapy which is very complicated but that'll be switching on or off various genes which may make you more prone to catching some sort of disease or other but again it's a sort of impression that somehow they can get rid of all diseases and i think that's very unlikely because i suspect once you get rid of one lot there's others underneath that you don't normally bother about and they, they will come up to the fore. You know, we've, we've eradicated some things like smallpox from the world by basically going around every single person with it, curing them and then keeping them in isolation. I can see where the theory side of that comes from because the blood is where the genetics are stored, stored and how your cells get regenerated and how your cells stay young, basically. Yes. So I see where the theory in that comes from. However, what if the the 18-year-old is already ill somehow? Well, if you're looking at genetic level, absolutely everybody has some little elements of things which could trigger them to get some disease in the future. Uh, and so identifying blood, all of them is... What if the blood reacts badly with the other blood and, does, and creates a, some kind of new disease? Uh, I'm not See, sure the, there like... are just too many problems with this. I, I have already found a pothole. It's not good. Don't do it. Right. So we are the Generation Gap here on 92.6 FM, and we are talking about living forever, which we don't know. Well, I'm not sure whether I like the idea of that, and I'm not sure I like the idea of how they think they can do that. But if you would like to get involved and you would like to tell us how you you feel about blood transfusions and living forever and just never growing old, you can tell us on Twitter at RVGenGap or you can tell us on Facebook, RV The Generation Gap. We love your comments and we want to hear from you. I was thinking just now about the the other way round, as it were. Supposing that okay. you are a child-ish, you know, um, and you've got your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, your great-great-grandparents, your great-great-great-great-great-grandparents all alive because they're living to be 200, 300 years old. That would be a really weird family unit, wouldn't it? I mean, you know, you have yeah. people saying, oh, in my day we did this and so on, and they're talking about 200 years ago. That is quite strange, wasn't I, it? I really yeah. don't think that would work somehow. Um, and also, you know, there would be a problem in the country because we'd have far too many people because there'll be all these really old people um, and, you know, they'd all be living 
in family homes. It would have to be more like you in Poland. Have a family home with 17 bedrooms in it for all the different generations that are living in the home. You could have a castle. You can have a castle. You can build castles. We can bring castles back in back into trends. So we need to tell the government, no, no, we don't want all these affordable homes. What we need is more castles being built. Yes. Absolutely. And then we can have dynasties and <laughs> and just, yeah. And family wars, probably. And family wars, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't really feel that it would work somehow. I don't know why. I mean, obviously it's because it would be very different. We could try it, though. But I don't know. It seems really bad. Um, I mean, it's bad enough now because your granny will say, oh, you can't go and do this, you can't do that. Or in my day, I couldn't do that. Let alone if it goes back several other generations. Okay, okay. I don't think my generation has that many rules, to be honest. I can't imagine me saying, oh, you can't do that. I'd be the one saying, I think my generation, if we have, when we have um, grandchildren, we'd be saying, go for it, do it, like, don't listen to what everyone else has to say. Don't you think you'd be saying, you're not going out in that dress? I don't think so, no. Really? I, well, it depends what the dresses look like back um, in the future. Well, it might be short. <laughs> I think, I'm afraid, I'm going to have to say this to you. Okay. When you grow up older... Am I going to be a lot different? You'll be more and more like your parents. No. There is a point when you suddenly realise you have become your parents. No, I don't think that's ever You have ever become going to your mother. Never, ever going to happen. <laughs> no. Okay, no, well, no, no. We are recording this programme. We'll save no, it no, no, in a no. vault for about 50 years and see what happens. People with St. Albans, you are my witness. <laughs> <laughs> I am not going to be like my parents. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with my parents. I just, I just don't think I am ever going to be old anyway well that's i mean that is actually a more serious point that actually it's very hard to imagine yourself being very old when you're young i do have to say we are talking about who wants to live forever i can't actually imagine being older and like getting older and having wrinkles and you know thinking about me not being able to walk somewhere or you know yeah no I, i i wouldn't like it but then again i don't think we should tamper with genetics to not get there. Uh, do you think, I mean, obviously it's quite hard to imagine yourself in that situation, which I understand, mm-hmm. um, as someone who's obviously gone through somewhere else. I'm getting there now, um, being older. You, you know, you do start to realise certain things you can't see quite as well, or maybe you can't run as fast as you used to if you ever it's used so to run funny. at all. Yeah, I definitely can't see as well as I used to. Me, me, already. as a 21-year-old, yeah, already. Uh, well, there you go, you see. So you might need some extra little help, like some glasses sometime. But I'm determined to keep away from the opticians for as long as possible. Really? Yeah. And is there some reason for that? You've got some fear of electricians? I'm very uh, hardcore. <laughs> I'm very hardcore and I'm going to go on for as long as possible. Right. And, and I eat a lot of antioxidants. They should be helping me. And does this extend to dentists and things like that as well? Oh, no. I'll go see the dentist. Unfortunately, I have to. My mother's a something to do with the dentist, so, you know, I have to go. You have to go. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say, everybody out there, if you're young, you know, it is actually quite good to have your eyes tested, your teeth looked at every now and then. It really is beneficial for you. Yes. Everyone who's young, you do that. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, anyway, look, so um, I'm just going back to this uh, article about these people. They've, they've inventing various drugs. They claim that they've found a particular kind of gene which is 
involved in all of the aging processes. So, for example, if you start getting an arthritic knee or something like that, this gene is one of the ones that makes that happen. And they think they can get some medicine which basically turns that off or blocks it. So they think that actually if they're turning off the thing that makes you get old, then you won't get old. You'll stay the same sort of age or your body will stay the same age. So supposing you had... Oh, no, I just want to ask you this question. Mm -hmm. Supposing in future you really had the choice and you know, your doctor can say to you, OK, Miss Claudia, you are, you know, 20-something now and how does it feel? And you say, mm, fine. And you say, what do you think is your sort of age you'd like to be? And you might say, well, I'll be all right when I'm 30 or 36 or something. I think, OK, we'll stop you at 36. And you can stay at 36 for the next 100 years afterwards. So your body is the same sort of age, you can do the same things and you basically are... A healthy 36 year old for 100 years afterwards and i i'm not gonna lie i think that's actually quite nice yeah it probably but 27, is not going to, I'm, I'm staying 27 forever. 27 okay yeah. well whichever age it doesn't really matter yeah. um yeah a lot of people stop at a nine in their age when they're 29 or 39 they sort of ooh, i don't want to go over that flip over to that oh, next, yes, next age yes, yeah. um okay i mean i don't think that's what anybody's suggesting i think that'd be that that would um that would kind of stop birthdays in a way would not I think birthdays would become a less... Well, no, you still have a birthday every year, but you would, mm. wouldn't be any different from when you're... So, so okay, so how about this? Is there a time where I do get to die? Um, well, yes, you would eventually. I mean, I don't think anyone's ever suggesting you can really live forever. So I'll stay 27 or whatever for 100 years-ish, yeah. and then do I choose if I want to go and die or do I not? See, this is, this is another problem. This is going to spark off the euthanasia thing and well indeed i mean maybe and how we're gonna deal with that one maybe part of the deal is too many problems part of the deal is that you have to choose a death day already too many too many problems no i'm not having that i'm not having this like you can't choose your death see this is the thing you cannot choose your death day like i'm not having it okay no sorry st Albans. right I'm, I'm not okay with this okay so we won't won't go for that one um, there is another alternative as well, which we'll talk about perhaps after this song. And uh, that is, of course, the idea, which we have discussed before, of course, of sort of downloading yourself in some way into a computer. So although your body is not here anymore, you are still here in some way. We love St Albans. 92.6 FM, Radio Verulam. I don't want to live forever. Right, I don't think I do. Now, the other thing which we've read about before and we've talked about before briefly is the idea that you can perhaps um, live forever in one different sense uh, by sort of downloading your brain into a computer so all your memories and things are stored. Now, I'm not entirely convinced that you can do that as such because I don't think that uh, we have any computers that are remotely comparable with the brain. But I suppose you have to assume that over time we may get to a point where we would be able to um, store that sort of information. Now, that seems to me, I suppose, in terms of preserving yourself and the things you thought about and things you did and handing that on maybe to your family and your, your sort of descendants, that doesn't seem like a bad idea if you could do that. What do you think? Yeah, I suppose that's a good thing-ish. I mean, it's only the equivalent of maybe your granny writing you a very long letter or a book about her life and handing it over to you. But then again, it's only a matter of time before everything that I've got to say becomes irrelevant to my grandkids. 
Yeah, but they might be just interested in, in kind uh, of how you lived your life and places you went to and things you did and so on. And, and of course, because they are your descendants, they may say, oh, actually, I'm really interested in skiing. And, you know, my granny used to go skiing, something like that. And you, you get that yeah. sort of connection. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's nice. Right. I, I, I agree that maybe you should leave some sort of memoir. Because it always reminds me, um, some years ago, Google got into terrible trouble because um, they ran this series of adverts where there was a, a man with a newborn baby and he opened up an account on Google for the baby and took pictures and videos and, and so on of the baby and put them on this account on the basis that when that child grew up to be 18 or whatever, they'd be able to look back on their own Google account, which had all this whole story of their life up to that point, which sounded like a sort of quite a nice idea. The problem was Google's own rules didn't allow you to open up an account until you were, I think it's 13 or 14. So a lot of people sort of, oh, that's a really nice idea. I'll open up an account for my child. And then they weren't allowed to. Didn't work very well. <laughs> um, but it's a sort of idea, you know, Google had this impression, you know, you can just store everything about your I life. Just, I just think that there's something so amazing about having an album in your hand and being able to flip pages and like having a photograph in your hand and like being able to put them up on your wall or whatever. I'm sorry, but you're the young I millennial just, person. I just don't like it on a computer. Like, I just don't like it. Right, so... Uh, I just, I, I think, I'll, I'm telling you, I was born in the wrong generation. Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, do you like reading books on computer or, I mean, you presumably all of your um No, I've bought coursework. all my textbooks. You've got all your textbooks. I've bought all my textbooks and... They keep telling me that I can actually read them on, on the computer, but I don't like it. It doesn't go into my brain if I'm reading a screen. Right, because I find, I mean, using an iPad is quite good um, for reading things, you know, as a book, because it's all hundreds of thousands of pages just on this one little device. I just, I like the idea of holding the 1,000 pages and be, seeing the progress I'm making. Do you know what I mean? Like when you flip a page and you're like, yes. oh, I've read that much. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, but on your Kindle or something, it's oh, telling you you've done 73.2% of the book already and this sort of stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not really arguing that. I'm just sort of being a devil's advocate for right. you because I prefer a book as well, to be honest. Um, no, but, I just but I do read things on, on computer screens and yeah. so on. I just don't think we're made to be reading computer screens. Yeah, but before people had, you know, papyrus who rolled out or, or some I other things. I love that. Oh. <laughs> it sounds to me you're not just the current generation you missed out on. You should have been born about 2,000 years ago. <laughs> I know, I should have been a, yeah. Because, you know, I don't think Apple did this, but they call them tablets, of course, the sort of iPads and things. And actually the Romans had what they called tablets, and the word tablet is actually a Latin name, um, which they had basically a sort of wooden frame and clay inside, and the clay was obviously sort of a bit um, soft, and they wrote in it and then baked them, and that was basically the first sort of tablet books. And they, they used to do things like accounts like that, and they preserved them all. And they're found in, like, Hadrian's Wall. They found whole stores of these sort of um, uh, clay tablets with Roman um, shopping lists on, amongst other things. Well, they were really strange people, weren't they? No, it was the, it was, it was the technology. <laughs> I think te every every generation has a strange, strange kind. Yeah, but of it was the technology you had available to them at the time to write things down. Okay, I like it. I like it. I just, I just like the idea of a book in your hand, and I like the idea of having an album in your hand and looking at pictures. There's something different about seeing them on in in a folder on 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 the computer. 
in my opinion. There is a worry, of course. I mean, historians have this. It's going off topic a little here, but um, I, I share this. You know, obviously, in the past... You go to a museum, they've got, they've got letters people wrote, they've got pictures of people, they've got drawings of people, paintings. Um, and then we've gone through the photographic era, so they've got photographs. But now everything's digital. If something goes wrong and all those digital stuff is just thrown away, there'll be a whole era of you know, this period of time will be a complete blank. And people in the future will say, we don't know what happened in the 21st century because there's no records of it. Yeah, but that's actually quite cool. We can be like a mysterious era. Mysterious generation. Well, yes, we would be. Yeah, I love it. That, that's cool. You reckon? But that's yeah. all your photos you've ever taken. Because, I mean, the, the number of photos. I mean, at the t- end of the day, no one's really going to care about what the photos that I've ever took. Well, you don't know. You might one day take that amazing photo. You're just going <laughs> past Loch Ness and a head pops out or something like this, or the aliens arrive in the middle of Hemel Hempstead. Yeah, but that could be like my generation's little secret. <laughs> Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? I, I just, I just don't know. I, I just like the idea of a book in your hand. Right. Anyway, um, I do have to tell you that we are a little bit running out of time. Oh no, it's one of those days again. Yeah. It goes so quickly, doesn't it? Yeah, we've had a good chat today. Okay. Well, um, would you like to sum up for us? I would like to sum up for you. Um, basically, uh, we've been talking about living forever in the sense of medical advances and so on, and people who think they actually can produce drugs and other ways of preserving people to live for hundreds of years, maybe even thousands of years. I think we're both a bit sceptical about that, and also whether we'd want to. I don't think I would want to. I don't think you would want to. Um, you know, you want to live a long, happy life. And um, hopefully, um, you know, you, you um, don't get terribly ill early on and you survive for a long period, basically health, healthy life. And yes, one day it finishes. And that seems a reasonable thing because that's what happens to everybody. OK, thanks for that. That's a bit depressing, but it's true, isn't it? Anyway, on a, on a cheerful note, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, thanks for listening and we'll see you next, next week. That's it. Same, same time, time same, same place. place.